just a good old boy Never meaning no harm Beats all you never saw Been in trouble with the law Since the day they was born Good old boys I'm Mark Bog Beef Do I introduce myself? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're, the, you're the producer She needs no introduction That's why she's not bothering yeah. If there's anyone who's been a producer on our show, it's uh, Thoughton and Angela. Okay, well, let me walk that back in case we ever get uh, go down in a scandal after after an edgy tweet or something. But uh, okay, uh, Thoughton made us do the show, and then you put us on the map in terms of like people people come check you out if you do your if you do their show. Yeah, it's Angela, by the way. Yeah, and now well, it's Angela in in English, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Angela, by the way, AngelaNagel.substack.com. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Get on there and uh, subscribe. We're going to be talking about one of the articles from there. It's uh, it's pretty awesome. It's obviously Angela Nagel. She's throwing bombs left and right. <laughs> um, it's, uh, yeah, it, it, whatever the juicy stuff is going on, it's going to be on there. Okay, you're not supposed to do this, but I thought about this, and I was like, well, I'm a fucking American. Like, why, why do I care about this? Okay, so if you're an American, you get this thing where it's like, oh, there's some guy, like, you know, a, a, a guy with a Guinness shirt, and, like, you know, every guy with a red hair and a Guinness shirt, he's like, he thinks he's really Irish. <laughs> isn't that, isn't that, like, 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 who fucking cares? Like, maybe, maybe it's, like, what's wrong with that? Okay, and so this, we're going we're gonna to get into some fan service here, Okay. I'm sorry. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna talk about fucking Ireland. You're not supposed to do this with Angela Negra. We're supposed to act like it doesn't exist. We're gonna talk about fucking Ireland a bit, okay? <laughs> and, and, yeah, I wonder what you, like it's. Fun, I wonder what you guys think about you know even okay. So, um, when I was in college, my best friend was a Boston Irish Catholic. Like everything that you think about, like the troubles and stuff. They think about like the two thousand what three two World Series. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you the significance of that event. It was more. It was more important than than uh, than whatever the, whatever the fucking treaty they signed that's now broken. And, um, <laughs> and they burned down the the uh, the uh, the peace gate and stuff like. <laughs> That's your people, bro. I don't. We're talking about the, the troubles in North Ireland. I, I don't know if I told you this, but uh, I. So there was one of these threads. I was checking this shit out because this, this is awesome, right? Because the thing, because you know, this is all white people. So all this like sectarian conflict, you can just grab the popcorn and just enjoy it. Yeah, it's 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 just a good time. And, uh, and so uh, there was a video, and it was um, first off these uh, these lads, the Protestant boys. They sort of, they were like coming out of like whatever they call like their ghettos or whatever, um, you know these cheap houses and shit. Yeah. And um, all the you know they're all these boys are coming out and um, they're all dressed in all black and they got like little crude weapons and stuff. And it was the most amazing thing. The women folk, like like some kind of like 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 a bad like eighties movie or something, all came outside and they started clapping and cheering like it was a basketball game. Like when they run out. <laughs> And it was all these young men from from North Ireland, and they were coming out to uh, like, um, uh, okay, well, here's some uh, to um, basically cause mass mayhem. And yeah, I, I found one of these videos, right? And um, the video was uh, uh, there was a there was a, uh, one of these double decker bus. Oh, that's very cute if you're an American. Like, wow, 
Check that out. Or it says double the decker bus comes up, pull a stop. One of the, one of these uh, young fellas, he runs up. He he uh, runs up next to it. He pulls out a uh, uh, Molotov cocktail, mm-hmm. and he chucks that bitch right into the right into the door. <laughs> Massive explosion. I mean, this is just like uh, this is this is like some like Baghdad chick, right? Yeah. And you know, in the comments, there was all these Americans, and there, there was uh, you know, there's some uh, American person who like that is awful. She says. How, how could someone do that? A bus isn't Protestant or Catholic. A, a bus <laughs> is for everyone. And immediately, like, the three comments at the same time, like five seconds later, was like, they know the routes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just keep going with this. Okay, so, uh, yeah, I'm living in Orlando uh, in the early 2000s, whatever. You know, we go out Saturday night or something. Just get fucking hammered. The, the, like, there's getting hammered, and there's, like, the kind of getting hammered where, like, you can't, like, you got to, like, you have to go do something to, to uh, feel better. Yeah, yeah. Usually drink more. Uh, you know, my buddy, uh, he, he was, uh, he, you know, he, he was Boston Irish Catholic. He said his mom, used, they used to put a little whiskey in his, uh, in his baby bottle. To, uh, they would do that to, uh, when you, you're loud. <laughs> right, seriously? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, puts, it puts them to sleep, you know? Yeah. Maybe. Okay, so anyways, we're there in Orlando, and we went out, like, downtown, like, got totally fucked up, right? We we, we wake up somewhere, some shithole, and I was like, man, I'm fu- I'm doing bad. And he's like, okay, yeah, well, I got I got what, what I got this stuff, dude. We're going to we're gonna take care of this. So uh, we, pile, we pile into, you know, we pile in his car, we head out into, um, we go into, like, you know, Orlando, I don't, I don't know if you've been to Orlando. Orlando is like a, like the worst industrial shithole version of, of uh, the West or whatever, right? <laughs> I mean, it is all like... It's it, Disney the city, right? Well, okay, well, there's Disney. Like, Disney's over there, and the rest of it, they call it the most... It's a, one of the things about it is the most transient city in America. Mm. So, like, uh, anyone who's in Orlando is like... Um, like they're just blowing through town. Like they're like uh, they're going to be out like in like like in a couple months. So it, so you know so no one gives a shit about. It. So like there's like no like like regular like businesses and stuff. Like everything is a chain restaurant and stuff because like uh, there's no like like real residents and shit. So and we get out there and and, uh, and we we start going through like the industrial part of town. So this is like there's just like like pipe factories and shit. I'm like, what the fuck are we doing? Like, are we gonna go like uh, who knows what we're gonna do? So we go there and uh, he pulls up next to a funeral home, and I'm like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> and there, I just see a sign for a funeral home and nothing else. I look out the I look out the car window and there and you know this is like this is like 7 a.m. on like a Saturday or something, and the next business over there is a there's a ton of black guys. And at like 7 a.m., they're all like drinking beer. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Okay, so we, 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 we get out of the car and we start walking up there. There's, there's all these black guys, right? A ton of black guys. And we get up closer and they're all speaking in thick Irish accents. <laughs> what? I'm like, what the fuck is this? And, he, and by the way, like, you know, I had been, you know, smoking God knows what, like four hours earlier. Uh, uh, you know, just drinking God, like I'm, you know, I'm still like in a, 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 a fear and loathing kind of state here. 
We pull up and there's all these black guys and they're speaking. They're speaking this. I'm like, oh, what the hell is this? Like, uh, is this a new kind of brother coming out? Like, like I, I don't know. <laughs> So we open the door and then we go in this place, right? And so it's pitch, it's very dark in there. There's two dark, there's two dark boards on the wall. And it's kind of like, I mean, well, I'll explain it. So uh, some these Irish people and they live in Orlando and they have like, they own like a real, like, I mean, not like a real, like, so like a, uh, like a bullshit Irish pub that you'd find like any downtown. They They own one of those downtown. They have another place that's just for the expats because Orlando has tons of fucking expats of every kind of thing. And the place is just for the expats. And so what this was was that, like, um, you know, even though this was, like, the ass crack of dawn on Saturday or whatever, that's when the soccer's on. Because the times are a difference. Mm. Right. So all, so you go in there, and first off, it's, this is place is packed. And, you know, no one's alive at this, mo- this moment in time. Like, like the, Orlando is dead. There's, this place is packed. I had the best fucking uh, uh, shepherd's pie in my life. <laughs> Come to find out, they owned a they owned like a pub in like Dublin. They just took every every scra- every nail screw uh, every possible uh, piece of it, and they just moved it all to fuck Orlando. Hmm. And it's a little shithole place, and you're not even supposed to know. Like like that's their place. If you want to party, you go to the place downtown. They own that, and you could go get your Guinness and all that shit down there. But uh, this is their place. In this place, they if you go there on the wall, it says this is when they this is when you go watch the boxing, and this is when you watch the soccer. And no matter what time it is in Ireland, that they're having that shit over there. Mm. It was fucking awesome. <laughs> wow, that's great. <laughs> One of the things, you know, one of the things, okay, so they're obviously, they're drinking like crazy all the time, right? This is one of the Irish things that they always talk. If you, Yeah, that, that's not a joke. My, my aunt got married to a guy from Ireland, and uh, everybody got so, all the Americans got so hammered drinking with them at the wedding. Like, my dad went to the car and just, like, passed out. I was a kid, and I, thought, I was like, are you okay? Are you dying, brother? I was like, no. Nah, and the Irish guys are just sitting back there just still, just Pounding whiskey like nothing has happened to them. <laughs> that that's one of the the other wonderful things they do where they they get fucked up at, like at a terrible uh, you know at a funeral or whatever. Um, <laughs> but you ever you ever had Jameson, Merrick? No. Like I'm not a big drinker, you know. I don't I don't know if it has because you always get we always get this shit from uh, like you know like oh uh, you like Fosters no one in, no one in Australia drinks fuck wait fuck you like. <laughs> Okay, Jameson is like it's a it is it's a little bit too good for how like how much uh, for how much alcohol it has. In. That's why I I, I try to stay away from. I like I drink Johnny Black River, but like I will have some Jameson. I'm like this goes down way too fucking easy. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not all nice. genetic. Yeah, <laughs> goes down like ice water, as they say. Yeah, it's 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 a little bit too good. It, it's not these people aren't just born to do this. Uh, uh, absolutely, they get. They, they got some <laughs> it's just that somebody introduced the most delicious types of alcohol there. That's the problem. Guinness as well, you know. Is Guinness and Jameson? So that's one of the big. Is that just as big over there? Is 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 it? You yeah, know, these staples. Yeah, yeah, they're they're the two. I would say you know, the, there's even like. Um, if you go to Dublin, you can go to the Jameson Distillery, which is a big, it's sort of like a tourist attraction, I guess, but people actually go to the bar bar in there. And um, and same with Guinness. Like, it's, it's, 
There's only one part of Ireland where they drink a different thing called Murphy's, but every, Guinness is the staple everywhere, yeah. Is, so, I, you know, I've never been to the UK. One thing I've heard about, like, in, uh, you ever been to, like, um, what's, what's the place Robin Hood's from? Not, not Nottingham. What? Yeah, I, ever, I don't know actually. Where where are you supposed to be from? Oh yeah, that's uh, that's the the that's the British. They're the bad people, right? <laughs> no, I genuinely don't know though. <laughs> I, I just thought <laughs> you. They don't drink in America like they drink in England, right? So like when the when like the bars close, there's just like like shoving on the door, rushing outside to vomit. <laughs> and yeah, I was like, well, okay, if that's England, what what the fuck is Ireland? <laughs> is it like is there a real drinking culture has covid uh, uh destroyed that oh uh, well you know what one of the things that happened was uh last winter um everyone went basically out part well this is what a friend told me everyone just went out partying for christmas and they broke all the rules and people were visiting from other countries and people were coming home from other places and stuff and obviously when people drink, like everyone's like speaking right into each other's faces and crowding into rooms and stuff. And basically they just completely broke the rules. And then there was a huge uptick in COVID cases. And so then they brought down like a really, really strict second lockdown, which they're still under. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, can you, by the way, can you, uh, this is a, uh, can you smoke in, in, in the pubs over there? No. They, what the they, fuck? Yeah, I know. Incredibly, they they changed the rules and and people amazingly went along with it. Everyone just go, goes outside, though, you know. Like, the, so they they basically got around it by every bar that has any kind of outdoor space, no matter how small or terrible, <laughs> they make it into an out, a technically outdoor space. So they just bring heaters out there, and if 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 the roof if there's like any space between the roof and the wall, then it's technically outside or something like that. So, yeah, they just they just did that basically. So yeah, kind of. Is there? I wonder if there's ever any point we're going to reevaluate like has that stuff made people's lives better? Um, <laughs> the smoking ban, you mean? It seems like to me like almost every culture in the entire world for thousands of years. Uh, there's some kind of little stimulant that they either chew on, smoke mm. on, stuff to get through the day. Uh, you mm. know, to get through the day. You know, yes. And uh, in, in the what is it? In like Indian stuff, they chew on that cot. Yeah, cot. Yeah. I went to Peru. They got the uh, they got the uh, uh, the coca. Uh, you chew on that. That shit's good. Uh, but like everywhere, there's some little stimulant people use. They get through the day and stuff. I, I don't. I, I don't see the, this this ending. Yeah, we have coffee. Yeah. No, it is. It's true. It's a, definitely a, a pretty universal thing. Probably every culture has something like it. And the and just removing that. I mean, I know like there are some people who say that it like it helps, you know, ca- calm you and like it helps you concentrate and all that kind of stuff. So like taking that away from people is mm. definitely hard. Like um. Uh, and, and yeah, if you, when you quit, like for a while, you definitely feel dumber. Like you know, you fat. Can, you can't. Yeah, that too. But you can't really concentrate anymore. Um, and and you could say, oh well, maybe then you should never become an addict or whatever. But like, you know, as you say, everyone, every culture has something. Like there must be some reason why, you know, a a a, a mild 
you know, a, a very mild stimulant that's sort of like um, that you can that you can use regularly and that isn't going to make you like hallucinate or you know what I mean, like something very mild but that's soothing and you can use regularly. Yeah, that's like universal. We're never, but the, the answer to your question is no. We're never going to get look back at and see no. how did that help people. And our guest today. After we get done interrogating her about corned beef and cabbage for 30 minutes, <laughs> it's going to explain exactly why. Did you interrupt my segue, sir? No, I'm not, we're not taking that segue. So this, this is getting into it, right? Yeah. I, I, I'm, yeah, I'm pissed off. Okay, so this, this – humans have, this, have these things, right? So we, we have like hardware and software. Uh, uh, we're not like we're not like a like a you know a shark. Everything a shark needs is like in the shark's world, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have hardware and software, right? This is, so we have this long gestation period, and there's just stuff that like if you find humans, uh, they do this kind of stuff, right? So they uh, okay, so maybe they chew on some stuff like this. Maybe they have a religion. Uh, it seems like that's pretty common. Like oh, that's uh, uh, that's the statue that represents the. Uh, uh, you know, uh, what is it? The big wizard in the sky. That's what the uh, Reddit guys say. Uh, it's the sky god. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are the rules. Uh, we have these rules. And, you know, someone, but someone has to teach you this, right? Usually you want to start when they're young, uh, uh, puts it in their brain. And then so everyone has sort of a shared sense of uh, rules and stuff. But, like, it, it seems like every, all humans just kind of need this, right? Yeah. I, I mean, like, no, it just seems like this is just a, a human kind of thing. Well, if you believe in human nature, which uh, increasing subsect of people we talk to don't, well, in which well, case, you know. Well, I don't want to believe in stuff. I just want to. We're just observing uh, uh, humanity, right? So if you go find, <laughs> if you go find guys, guys with bows and arrows and shit in in uh, in uh, you know a jungle somewhere, uh, well, these are the rules. This is the manhood ceremony. Uh, this is, uh, you know, who you got to give a goat to when you want to get married. Yeah. Uh, they have you get married. Um, uh, these are just things that we do, right? Well, but the people that, that you know that I'm alluding to, they would say that the software of those people is just like out of date. They just need to uh, be you know plugged into the to the router and get the new version of the firmware. Mm-hmm. Okay, what what if those kind? Okay, what happens if those kinds of people take control of uh of not not even just a country with 330 million fucking people, <laughs> but a country with uh, uh you know universities like uh, if you go to school in fucking New Zealand. Uh, you take the classes that that Harvard takes. Uh, so this this uh, this country basically decides what like everyone in the developer. If you trade with mm. NATO countries, you have to do this shit. So now you end up in this thing. And now well, let's let's okay let's we're talking about this paper you're talking about. This paper is like some like a, a proto NRX written by a a, a Irish guy. This guy predated Molbug by fifty years, and he had figured it all out. Yeah, so the, the, the thing, the piece is called um, The Second American Revolution and the Sense Famine in the West. It's a, it's a long essay, and um, it's by a guy called Desmond Fennell. And <clears throat> Desmond Fennell was, um, he's kind of started off with this, like, very, I guess, like, highbrow travel writing of a sort. Um, and he, uh, <laughs> he, he did... Um, he wrote a lot about politics uh, in 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 Ireland, but particularly in the North and the whole national question. The West uh, is going to fall, and try the tiramisu. <laughs> 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 I 
<laughs> and he uh, and he wrote about all kinds of stuff. Like that's one thing I like. I, I find really interesting about him. I'm, he is a great range of things he can write about, and also has a a very rare kind of combination of like. Um, that like more masculine way of being indifferent to like public pressure. So he often wrote things that were, I'm sure really unpopular or not actually unpopular, but like unpopular (laughs) among his peers, you know? Um, And he just waded into these like incredibly uh, divisive sort of debates and things like that. But then he also has this very, um, I guess, more feminine sort of like aspect to his writing, which is that he, he doesn't categorize things in a very um, rational sort of political philosophical way a lot of the time. Like he uses these like quite seemingly vague terms that actually when you really think about them capture the thing he's talking about really well. So like sense making, you know, which is like there in the title, like I kind of thought that's like, is this really going to help me to understand this thing? Like, it sounds like a sort of a bit of a vague term. But really what he's writing about is is two interesting parts. So the first is this thesis that there was a second revolution in America and it was never recognized because it was never given a name. Um, And so you're like, if you think of like the early 20th century, a lot of the big powers at the time were you know, like all the sort of like huge ideas were, were clashing and people had these big utopian visions. Um, He uses like the example of the Bolsheviks and also the the futurists and Italy. And so they had these kind of really big utopian visions about creating a new society with a new type of person, Um, a completely new man. Um, And, And essentially you could erase the kind of imperfect systems that came before, which were, <laughs> which were, you know, learned over hundreds of years, thousands of years, you could say, uh, ways of, of like surviving basically. So taboos and moral rules and things like that agreed, an agreed upon set of rules, which were typically, um, overseen by a clergy or a religious, um, uh, organization that was either part of the state or, you know, had basically control over the whole society and that these were accepted norms that were durable so that even if like, you know, an economic or environmental or whatever catastrophe happened, you wouldn't say that like now we have to bring down the whole system because that those norms were durable and they remained throughout kind of ups and downs. Um, Whereas in, with the systems that were thought up in the early 20th century that were utopian, their ideas, we can get rid of them. We can create this new technologically advanced society in which we will basically overcome these limited systems and replace them with new ones. Um, you know, make people fitter, um, uh, enable people to, the way he put it in one point was like, enable people to do more and be justified in doing more in the sense that um, you could expand the bounds of like what you were permitted to do morally 
um, and that there would be a new system in which you'd be able to do that. So they replaced like the religions with with a secular teaching, moral teaching authority that worked in tandem with the state and the market. And so basically he's saying America went through a revolution just as radical or and more so than any of those utopian projects which have all since fallen, but that the American one still exists and we're living in it. Yeah, it's a great point. You had all these, like you, the new Soviet, you know, the, the new Soviet man. Uh, you had all these uh, like utopian ideas to create a new man. Well, one of them came true. Yeah, mm-hmm. one of them succeeded. The, like, uh, and and as you go to great lengths to point out in your Substack article, there's not really a word for it. And like that's that's one of the best ways in uh, in modern society to make to. That's probably the only way to to sacralize something now is mm. you just make it impossible for anyone to even oh what are you complaining about are you complaining about wokeness or are you complaining about cancel culture that's just that's just dumb stuff on the internet right yeah 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 uh, so so like at one point the way i kind of um th- this essay by the way is not to my knowledge in any kind of digital form so i had to kind of condense a lot of it and then have long quotes and things like that to, to basically fit as much of it into, into the review as possible. But yeah, he's essentially saying um, that, you know, like in the case of the Bolsheviks, like they loudly announced their arrival, right? All the names had to be changed, the place names, you know, the, the, um, the, the, um, symbolism of the state, they attached it to an ideology, which they named, you know, and so everyone understood, like, we are in a new world now. We're, we've entered into this utopian project now. And so, in a sense, like, that's why when we say the Soviet Union fell, we kind of know what that means, right? Because we know that a regime was put in place and then it was taken out. Um, whereas if you, never, if you never change the flag, if you never change the anthem but you completely radically change the society deliberately in the same exact utopian manner, um, then how, how can it fall, right? Because it's not even, you can't even say what it is. Um, and so, yeah, he's saying that we, so, so, you know, people often talk about in the, at the end of the Soviet Union, there was a sense among people that the rules were absurd, right? That the rules of daily life were absurd, that they didn't, that they were contradictory. Everyone knew that. Everyone knew that the media was propaganda, you know, which is like very familiar, right? That's exactly what it's like to be alive now. Um, And that the rules became more and more absurd as it reached its end. Um, And so we are kind of in that phase now where there is no agreed upon set of uh, metaphysical or moral underpinnings to anything, but instead the rules are just decided by this kind of um, secular teaching body that tell us this is morally wrong, this is not, but we're not going to explain why. And so that's why the smoking. He just mentioned smoking as an example of it, but um, it was. Uh, but but he then he, what I liked is that in his list of examples of kind of do's and don'ts some of them were so tiny and, and petty, right? They were like almost like health and safety regulations. And other ones were, you know, one was like, don't bomb another country without the approval of the United Nations. Well, again, like what, what's, the, what's the moral underpinning of that? Is it morally wrong to massacre people? Or is it just, be, is it just like 
this body tells you when it's morally wrong and when it's morally right, and there is actually no moral underpinning beneath that. Yeah, and the announcement is, by the way, not a sign of strength at all. It's the, it's the exact opposite. It's like declaring, I'm in charge here. If you ever say that sentence, that, yeah. you're not saying it from a position of strength. That means yeah. that, that, that things aren't going as well as they used to, which I guess if there's if there's one good thing to take from 2021, it's that we, we probably wouldn't even be able to see any of the wires if things were like humming along like they were in the 90s. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, I I love all of this. There's like three different things here going on. Um, go back to the uh, the naming stuff. You know, by the way, that little um, I I, to- I I totally dropped that. I got nervous and dr- that whole beginning set was trying to think to lure you into saying your name in I in the Irish language for the uh, for the, uh, <laughs> the fan service stuff there. But I dropped that. Okay, going on to but- I, I can I can if you like. Please, yeah. <laughs> So it's Angle de Nogla. All, I, my my name is actually a Norman name. That's why it has the D E at the Ooh. beginning. Yeah. Oh, now, yeah. <laughs> so I'm not even Merrick. real. I'm not even real Gaelic stock, you know. Mm-hmm. Merrick's reaching for his wallet here. <laughs> uh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, uh, let's. Um, uh, you know, it, it, you've you've been here before, so if I puke or, 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 or start hyperventilating or something, just you know, we'll cut it in post and just keep rolling. Okay. Okay. So uh, the naming thing, the naming thing is fucking wonderful. Uh, 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 the old ideologies, the the uh, those ones, they they have this was all included. Uh, maybe maybe a little bit evil eye, but more so, uh, you know, if you can name the demon, you can destroy it. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, uh, you're on a short timer. Everyone knows this. Liz fucking know this. Like uh, all the way. Uh, uh, this is why there's. Uh, oh, it's cancel culture. Oh, it's, it's political. Like there's a new name for all this shit. Like every six months. Mm. I don't want to drag you into this because this is super controversial. But um, and it shouldn't be. But they're like I have seen just uh, like. Do you know how many calories has been spent on 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 uh, like Jordan Peterson referring to uh, uh, this thing as cultural Marxism? Just innumerable calories. And, and, and I, I talked about this today, and I was like, okay, so uh, from from his perspective, like uh, someone like Angela Davis, right? So Angela Davis is uh, is this uh, you know woke activist. Uh, uh, her her teacher was Herbert Marcuse, the uh, the, mm. the the guy. Um, what do what do you call that? The uh, Frankfurt School. Um, uh, so like hits all the marks. Uh, like sh- teaching Marxism in like in an academic setting from extreme like uh, uh, institution. Like calls herself Marxist. But if you call yourself like I, I had I argued this today with Marxists. I was like I was like so is I was like so I can't so you can't say Angela Davis is a Marxist right? And they're like no no if you if you can say that then I can say you're the same thing as as Richard Spencer. Mm. <laughs> okay, let's go on to <laughs> another thing. Um, <laughs> no, but just just before we move on to that, no, that that is true. And you know, I used to do this myself, right? Because my view was like, well, this isn't real Marxism because um, you know it's it's a cultural project, blah blah blah. But the thing is, if actually existing like self proclaimed Marxists all think this, then it's totally unreasonable to act like, oh, what a dumbass, when, when people just assume like, oh, this is what Marxism is, you know? Or, you know, you have to accept that, well, there must be something in the ideology that 
that just all these people are wrong all the time. And there's some totally, um, you know, perfect Marxism out there in a platonic form, you know, and, and yeah, it it is definitely a way to never be wrong. Basically. Angela, you, you're, you're smart. You've probably read the death of Ivan Illich, right? No, I haven't. Okay. Uh, uh, well, uh, backfire. Uh, so, so in, in the, it's, it's, it's a book about it's Tolstoy book. It's about a man who's dying, and like in the first part of the book, he gets sick, and he, he goes he, he can't he doesn't know why. He goes to the doctor. The doctor can't figure it out, and he's obsessed with figuring out like, what is the, the name of the disease that I have, and it's killing him. Mm-hmm. But he wants to, like if I can just figure out exactly you know, what's the scientific name for what's the Latin name for whatever I've got. If I can find that out, you know, then 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 I would be I would, I would be okay with this. I'd be and it's like I, it doesn't matter if if it's if it's if it's fucking killing you, it's killing you. Mm-hmm. So people can argue about oh well was uh, is <clears throat> is uh, Angela Davis is she a Marxist or not? Who who fucking cares? The, uh, she she got along with Marxists. She got she was she got along with Barack Obama. Uh, what does that t- that tells you something about both of those groups of people? Yeah, and also if you think that she's not one, then why don't you tell her that? Why do you yeah. only why do you only criticize the term when other people try to just use her own like name for what she calls herself? You know, and so that shields those people from criticism while making anyone who tries to describe what they're doing look feel stupid. You know, like even our, I think I said this somewhere else, but. Even with that famous, like, Zizek and Peterson debate, you know, and everyone was (laughs) making fun of Peterson because he didn't know, like, all the works of Marx or whatever, and he was just using the Communist Manifesto. And it was a little, like, it wasn't great, but, you know, um, also it's like... bullshit. Have you ever read a citation, like, of a fucking academic paper? There's tons of them. Yeah, but, but also, like, you know, it is called the Communist Manifesto, like... Shouldn't a person be able to read it and basically get the idea? Like, why is that so? Why is that such a ridiculous thing? You know, yeah, the, um, the the point is like, like if look, like I I say it like this, like you know, if I was a Sunni or a Shia, uh, I would I I think uh, you know people feel like, or, or if you go to America, like uh, 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 Protestants feel this way about like Mormons and stuff. So I you know I would say a Mormon is not a real Christian. They 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 deviate from all these beliefs. Chinese guy shows up here. He's like, oh, those guys are up at the church. There's a, there's a big statue of Jesus outside. Oh, they're all Christians. Uh, yeah. Like I, I could just assault him and call him a, 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 a charlatan and stuff. Or I could say like, you know, from his side, like uh, from his, you know, his books. And by the way, like if if teaching this stuff at an academic level, of like these citations and stuff, academically, d- like isn't something we respect, then then maybe we can be friends on a lot of stuff because this means all. Like I feel the same way every time you fucking guys say something's been debunked. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Anyways, uh, well, Zizek didn't treat Peterson like he thought he was an unserious person. I'll just say that much. Yeah, they yeah. had a nice they had a nice conversation, and yeah. Uh, yeah. Every time yeah. I, I talk to people about that, they're like, "Oh, Zizek fucking destroyed him." I'm like, "That's mm, uh, pretty uh, uh, collegial to me." Yeah, no, he was very nice. He's such a gentleman, actually, you know. And uh, he, you know, but yeah, people were just dying for somebody to be owned, <laughs> basically. Okay, again, I don't want to get into trouble, so you just... Uh, uh, yeah, safe word. Yeah, scratch your nose or something if this is... Uh, yes, yeah, sarsaparilla, if this is uh, out of bounds, whatever. <laughs> but uh, you could look... I've, uh, I've worded this one... I, I, I posted this one time, and I had friends of mine who were Marxists 
one guy uh, I had had only friendly remarks, and the, and the guy just responds, "Fuck you" to this. <laughs> yeah. I I said this. I said, "Is there anything in between turning the entire world into a McDonald's or uh, Ted Kaczynski?" Yeah. And you know, I Mark, you know, Mark's people were just like, "Go to hell." <laughs> People don't like to don't like to talk about this. I, I think especially because if you're like 17 or 18 and you think about left, you think about like oh hell, like uh, I remember me like even almost specifically, I would I was remember I was thinking of like those French guys who would just like literally burn down McDonald's in France, mm, yeah. like get the fuck out of our country. This is not this is not us. This is just this this tentacle machine. Uh, once you start talking to these people. Uh, they're like, no, no, that's wonderful. We need to commod. Everything needs to become like, uh, you know, obviously what everyone wants is, is the most hyper efficient machine built out of everything and, and to uh, commodify the world. Everyone's going to work for this like one uh, uh, Acme corporation. Uh, and we all get uh, uh, in every, like we're just going to turn everything into this. High, we're going to turn the world into a factory and we're all going to live there and it's all going to be happy. And this this is the thing. <laughs> I've- where capitalists and communists, they feel the same. And they compete and they say, oh, our, our model is better. It looks like at this point, uh, what I'm getting at is when you talk about this new man thing, it looks like to me that uh, uh, maybe, uh, I don't want to say this, I'm get in trouble. Fuck it. Okay, so the Soviet and the, and the capitalists were basically doing the same thing. The capitalist version won, uh, maybe just in terms of, uh, uh, what do they say, Marx, uh, historical contingency. But, uh, you know, it's this, it's, there were the new man thing, new man thing, it doesn't matter the specifics. New man thing is a, a, is a, a thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a hangover that we're still living with from that time. Um, and it, it, you know, and, and the thing is like, um, like the old rules of the old civilization that were leveled basically, um, you know, like they did, you know, they, they did constrain people in many ways, like that were probably very unpleasant for a lot of people, you know, like, so you, you know, even like say, <clears throat> um, yeah, like with all the, the, all the sexual taboos, for example, right. And people had to just get married and, uh, be monogamous and stuff like that. And so, um, that's an example, right. Of a rule and everyone understands the rule. Um, yeah, but I mean, the, that, that model of basically having a, a, an activist state backed with, with nukes and with a vast military, um, the market, and, and a secular teaching authority working with them to try to come up with uh, rules that made sense in order to make this thing work. So, like he says, for example, the... the, the uh, managers or whatever of the of that system were able to draw on the uh, the ideas of innovative idealists in order to expand materially. So, you know, feminism. This is exactly what you say. <clears throat> the Soviet capitalist parallel is the same with with feminism, right? Because you need to massively expand both the workforce and the consumer base, mm-hmm. um, and so. Like, all these you know, all these bitches got to be making missiles and st- had to be making yeah. missiles and stuff in 1942. Everyone needed a different story, whether you're doing it for uh, uh, you know yeah. Lenin or 
or uh, or uh, capitalism, but yeah, we, we, it all yeah. has to go the same thing. Exactly, you instantly expand your economy by double, you know, um, and then youth culture then expands it into mm-hmm. younger people. We don't have any use anymore for the old ways of having like stages of life where you know you're productive at a certain stage, and and then you sort of you're you're you have wisdom and kind of respect as you get older. That's those old people are not useful anymore. So it's all about youth culture. And, um, and of course it was a baby, baby boom, like as well. So, um, and he kind of says like, basically this revolution like began in the 1930s and was complete by the early 1970s. And so if you look at like academia in the seventies and the kind of intellectuals, the, the kind of Susan Sontag would be a classic example. What they did was they took, um, they made they, they kind of fused like American exceptionalism with this uh, with these kind of ideas that were taken from the radical left and, mm-hmm. and that were perfectly suited kind of to this new system. And so the American exceptionalism part was that figures like Sontag were critics of the Soviet Union and obviously critics of fascism as well. Um, but and so they kind of bolstered this idea that this utopian system was the best one. Um, so they were able to kind of simultaneously, so, so when Sontag talked about like, you know, Western civilization or European civilization is terrible. Um, but then she kind of had this like weird, like a, a, a form of radical ideology that was conducive to American exceptionalism. Like that was a perfectly adapted, um, set of ideas for what the utopians wanted to do. Um, because obviously they wanted America to be the hegemonic power. They wanted its system to be seen as morally superior and different from the other utopian projects that were created around the same time. Um, and yeah, I mean, her, and, and also they wanted to completely erase and devalue every remnant of the civilization that had come before that they had replaced. Have to do it. So in the same way as like the Bolsheviks had to devalue like the the you know R- Russian civilization, czarism, and so on, uh, it, it, Amer- the American system did the same thing, and basically like the reason that the essay is so potent is like the, like none of this is new. Like you know we, we we've basically just been living in that the, the system that was complete by the early 1970s. We've been living in that ever since. And it's just taken decades for it to, first of all, reach every part of life, even to like rural life and, you know, um, all generations and everything. But also it's taken a few decades to become more apparently um, absurd. And for the, 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 the Truman show like sense that this is that we're living in a strange um, recently created kind of a reality that where a lot of the, the, the rules that like, you know, allow us to function in daily life are hidden from us. Yes. Okay. So the, the new Soviet man and well, I guess I'll just say that we'll call it the new progressive man. Um, mm. there's no, there's no, no good word for it, but we'll just say that uh, they're the same thing. It is uh, the same terminal illness that is materialism. And uh, 
the, the problem with the, the the progressive man is that by definition there can be no rule set that's there that lasts that lasts. It, it, it's just constant updates to the firmware. And yeah. if, if you're if you're a, if you're a patch behind, then you're in danger of having your life destroyed because you said something that was was yesterday was perfectly acceptable, and today now it's a uh, it's like the wor- the you know the, the the worst thing in the world. How many people who are famous? For you know, sports, media, whatever. You go back and you look at like stuff they tweeted in 2012, and they get fired for it. Mm. There, there, you can't. There, there could be everything has to get wiped out like an etch a sketch. There can't be anything left behind to point back to. That's the whole point. It, it, it's it to, a total economic mobilization, mm. not just by production, like when, when entering the workforce, but also consumption. One hundred percent, we all have to be going towards the same goal. And if for a moment things slow down, and I think that Fennel, Fennel mentions this right, mm. like once the machine starts to slow down, mm. it, it it's in danger of blowing up completely, right? Yeah, because um, because you know, like I said, it, you know, previous societies, like you know, disasters sort of happen, right? Like environmental disasters, you know, uh, uh, food shortages uh, or whatever it might be, uh, diseases. Um, th- these things happen, but you don't at the end say, okay, now this regime is done, right? Because there is a durable. Um, moral and metaphysical like basis for the society to to continue to exist so leaders come and go you know generations come and go but the but the moral foundations are the same in the past but because you know this is like those other utopian projects a a kind of a completely rational technocratic regime that was built upon a leveled pre-existing civilization um there is no i mean he didn't put it this way but there's basically no wisdom to the rules you know what i mean they're they're not the product of centuries of kind of learning the hard way and coming up with you know a, 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 a set of moral values that make sense to everyone they're they're utopian and they're they're sort of shallow in that sense um so like even you know the every religion has like this very uh, strict set of rules, like the 10 commandments or whatever um, that are very clear to everyone. But in this one, you know, it's almost impossible to see when you really start digging into them, what the, what the real fundamental moral basis for, for any of them are. Um, And, you know, so I gave the example of um, this was mine rather than his, but I thought it was the best way of kind of summarizing it. Um, he gave the, the example of like um, the way in which uh, there are really, really strict taboos always like created anew um, around uh, uh, monogamy and sexual behavior and so on. And they have to be revised every couple of years. Um, so, so there is a, a strictness there. It's not actually just libertinism. Uh, and so on the one hand, you're told libertinism is the freedom above the collective good is the underlying thing. And then in another context, you're told exactly the opposite is the case. Yeah. That that's the money, the, the, the real cash money in the, in the, in the piece is, is the confusion. 
Yeah. That like that's the most important thing. I, I want to get there. Whatever this this thing is, this this uh, you know this evil god that took over the uh, the world, modernity, whatever. Say that maybe uh, Protestantism had a larger fault in it than than not. How dare you! <laughs> I think that there are specific. I was I was thinking about this in terms of the, I. There's one specific blind spot that Protestantism has that that Catholicism doesn't have, and I think that Lovecraft in particular was trying to bring this up. I don't know if you look at Lovecraft stuff, but there will be Lovecraft stories where like it's like not even a real story. Like like there's just barely anything there. But like if someone sends it to you, they have to like someone has to explain this concept to you for like for you to get it. And like I like it seems like that like whatever you read in the story is irrelevant, but what's important is that someone has to explain this concept the co- and, and we don't have this like in Protestantism, right? So Zizek has that joke that like if Protestants found the, um, found the shroud of Turin, they thought it was real. They'd be like, Oh, let's find out what Jesus's DNA is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What love, the thing about Lovecraft stories that love in Lovecraft, someone has to say, well, in this magic world of, of HP Lovecraft, um, knowing things can destroy you or make you insane. <laughs> right? So there are just sort of things that you will never understand. They're sort of beyond your understanding. Um, uh, like, like you, you may ne- just never be able to understand. Like, you may never be able to quantify this stuff. And if you do, if you start dicking around, if you start saying, eh, well, let's see. Let's, let, me, let, me, let me open this up. Um, then, then it's bad. Now, in Catholicism, th- this is all, all normal. I mean, this is all normal because it's like, hey, uh, if you're reading the Bible by yourself, like, hang on a second. You, do you know Aramaic? Like, uh, you, you, don't, uh, you might get yourself into trouble there. You might read the thing wrong. Uh, you need to um, mm. uh, chill out on that. Whereas you're Protestant, you're like, oh, you know, I just, this is just... Um, uh, uh, you know what I'm saying? Well, the, yeah. it's not just—it's not just that you can't quantify it. It's that if you did—if you did quantify, it's horrifying. And like, you don't even need a, a like a like a hypothetical for this. You can look at one that we go through, we go through constantly in American politics. And that is like, okay, let's quantify when a human life begins. When does this thing become baby? When when is it okay for us to? Hoover it out with a vacuum, or chop its head off and suck it out throws. Like that's that is a really horrifying thing to do if you think about it. Like you're 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 getting down the nuts and bolts. Let me find the exact moment that this human being becomes something that that has <laughs> that has value and should be protected. Because five seconds before that, I'm going to yeah. zap it and say and throw it and not just throw it in a trash can, but like do experiments on it. Mm. Just graft some rat parts rat parts onto it and see what and see what happens. Yeah, I mean, but that's also, um, I think he uses abortion as an example as well. Like the, the, the fact that, you know, like what is the moral foundation of the, of the stuff? It's basically that you can do the maximum amount of like permitted things that were previously not permitted, but you have to do it in a medicalized fashion. Mm-hmm. So like drug addiction is fine as long as we make them all legal and we get like um you know people have to do heroin in a little like cubicle or something you know um that that's the ideal situation right for them for for those kind of utopian like for that mindset you just have to medicalize it as much as possible if it's not if it's not illegal then there's no breaking of a law so it's fine basically right so you have to think then right well what's the moral underpinning of that 
um, human freedom is more important than anything, basically, or, or human freedom is more important than anything. And if there is any uh, consideration of the social good, you can limit that through health and safety, basically. Um, same with with like contraception and stuff like that. Um, and so, as he said, like they, it's it's um, expanding the the amount of things that people can do. Um, and then just limiting, using technology to limit some of the negative consequences of it. Um, but obviously we know that that doesn't make any sense, right? Because people are dying of overdoses and people's families are being destroyed and all these terrible things are happening. Um, but we don't have any moral framework for, or we're told at least that that's not wrong. Like that, that if, if, if you just make it legal and you do health and safety, then there's no moral consideration there basically. Yeah, it's all, it all comes down to experts. There's someone in a lab coat, and he went to school for uh, many, many years, and that makes him a, a brain genius, and he can he can make these decisions. And if you ask them, well, where, where does this authority derive from? And you keep asking that question, mm. which is their trick, by the way. They love doing that. Mm. They love deconstructing everything. Well, if you deconstruct their... <laughs> <coughs> And they, they love doing that, but if you deconstruct their stuff, there is no one who has any moral authority. All it comes down to is expertise, is technocracy, and you, they, can't, they can't answer the question. There is, no, there is nothing saying, like, what is the sanctity of human life? What's the value of a human being? They can't answer that question. Like, get in the ditch, mm-hmm. kneel down, we're going to solve the problem. There's no reason you can't mm-hmm. do that. If a guy in a lab coat says it's perfectly fine for you to, like, throw all the chuds into, into a, a trench and run them over with a dump truck, then it's okay. Because there's no referee yeah. in the sky to, 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 to tell you these exactly. rules are these are the rules and you can't break them. And that's the value of religion. Yeah. And you don't understand that when you're younger. But I mean, hopefully, mm-hmm. as people get older, they, they can kind of grasp that. And I, I, I know that people listen, some people listening to this like, won't like that answer. Because like there are lots of very smart and and kind generous people who are materialists, but I just like would like to ask them like how wh- how are you going to how how can you how can you do this with materialism and I, I just I, I've never gotten the proper I've never gotten a good answer to that. But here's a money quote from Angela's piece, and she when she's describing the uh, well I guess she's describing Mr. Fennel describing it. Uh, it brought about an end to official Christian morality as a determin- determinant of behavioral rules and replaced it with, quote, a fraternity of individuals raised and lowered to legal equality, end quote. This is one of these things the old system kicks ass at, right? First of all, like, let's say I was going to just do any kind of policy, right? We talk about politics. Well, politics, like the main basis of politics, like it, it, exercise in government is policy, right? First off, like, could I really understand like this complex system of like people and stuff enough to like implement a policy? That's doubtful. Let's say I could understand. it. Okay. Now I, I've understand this complex thing. And I, now I understand a policy that's going to modify this, whatever, whatever I want to, like I want to, uh, you know, lower, uh, you know, something. And, and it's going to, like, not have huge side effects, blah, blah, blah. Let's say I can also understand that. That That's extremely doubtful. Now, like, could I, like, communicate that in, like, a meeting, write it into a coherent paper? Like, there's nothing that really says, like, I should be able to do that. Now, like, we have to quantify all this hopeless thing that modernity thing has run into is that, like, there's just shit you just can't understand, man. 
<laughs> these, these old systems where it's just like, well, this just kind of worked for thousands of years, so we just keep doing it. And, and all we know about yeah. it is we know it works. That's it. That's really all we know about it. And it works over, over a long stretch, right? Uh, that, was, that was one thing Jordan yeah. Peterson got blown up where the guy said, uh, can, can women uh, you know, uh, work just like men? He's like, I don't know. Uh, the facts aren't in. The guy's like, well, they've been doing it since 1976. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the, the like the the thing they love to do. It's like, oh, well, well you know, you're hopelessly out of date, like, motherfucker. Your entire worldview was invented when like during my mom's lifetime. Like, like everything that you mm-hmm. believed, but like to, uh, morally and logically, it was shit that like some age professor in in France. Scribble down on a piece of paper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> you know this. I feel like this is like a, you know, you're you're sort of uh, casually dating, and then the guy shows up and he just throws this like, you know, like, <laughs> you know, he just throws this like war and peace of like, yeah, he's picked out the house, and, like, you know, everything. And, and, uh, this is where our kids gonna be now. And you're like, jeez, uh, I don't know, I'm not sure what to say about that. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, okay. The confusion. Okay. Let's 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 do the softball versions. Okay. So uh, uh, let me the, ask Angela. Angela, where is where does Mister Fennel think that the confusion stems from? Um, well, basically, the absence of um, the absence of a coherent set of moral rules that are, that forms the foundation of any of these things. So because they are because it is essentially a, t- a type of like technocratic health and safety thing, it's coming along after the fact of a problem and it's trying to limit, use technology to limit the effects of the negative effects of a problem while also allowing people to do as mu- consume as much and, and, and do as much as they, they want that in a way that is permitted um, but the problem, I mean, there's so many problems, which we just see every, in every aspect of daily life now, which is that, um, you know, for example, the way in which the rules around like, um, uh, you know, dating and marriage and all these things are on some, mm. in, in some ways libertine and in some ways ultra puritanical. And so the reason for that is that they're not based on a fundamental uh, moral principle, but that instead each individual problem is after the fact solved through a, a medical intervention. Um, and so, there, and so then there's just a chaos of rules. On, and and as you say, like if you look into any of these issues and you actually try to say, like, well, what is the moral basis for this? What's the moral basis for our position on abortion? What's our moral basis for, um, you know, something like massacre? You know, like, um, uh, and it's just not there. You know, there there isn't a there isn't a rule that you can universally apply. Go, the sex and relationship stuff is perfect. Uh, Freud said that uh, pathology is always first expressed in the realm of the sexual. Uh, I think that's perfect. <laughs> if you, the moral confusion is just. Uh, uh, there's also a civilization, like, you know, once you introduce these rules, people don't reproduce enough. But, uh, that's uh, to where, mm. like, it doesn't really matter, like, if you got the science right, if, like, everyone dies out after a certain period of time. Okay. Mm. But-, but 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 then in the, in the moral system that we have, it that would actually be fine. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? 
there's no reason for that not to be fine as long as everyone abided by like the the rules uh like the the policy right. rules I, we have then what would even be wrong with that, right? Because it was it was uh, yeah, exactly a suicide pact is woke if if everyone enthusiastically consents to it. I I have yeah. a perfect mm-hmm. example there. America knows about this too. It, it, okay, so um, by the way, you know the obvious one there is 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 uh, uh, Harvey Weinstein, like the environment that he was operating in, uh, uh, like it, like we know that he's a bad guy, but like when you start like I asked people, I was like, okay. So, like, is it wrong to, like, uh, to, to suck a casting director's dick? And I, like, I never got, like, oh, absolutely it is. I got all this yeah, stuff, like, yeah. well, you know, what if they, what if they just love each other? Like, <laughs> you know, I, I just immediately jumped to the chase. I was like, okay, imagine you are someone else in line trying to get this role, you know, on, you know, Indiana Jones 3 or whatever. And... <laughs> One of the other girls is like, "Well, I'll suck his dick." Okay, if like you like, even though that is a consensual relationship between them, like you are, if you don't know it yet, you like uh, you are being affected by this. Okay, it's just uh, like that meme. Isn't there someone you forgot to ask? <laughs> the, the understudy. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 totally. Exactly. But okay, let's go. Let's let's go. To this this is one situation. So we know someone that that's uh, we use in a lot of these uh, uh, references that lived in uh, Brooklyn, like you once did. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. so by the way, this this is probably like uh, you probably know all this kind of stuff. So, okay, so this this is a young woman and uh, the friend of a friend of, a, and she is uh, she's this she's a good she's a good looking uh, young professional in in uh, uh, you know in, in in New York. She's got some kind of academic job or something. Um, you know, great parents. Uh, you know, uh, did some uh, you know rowing, volleyball stuff. Uh, a cool job. You know. Some, uh, Anyways, uh, she, and she meets this guy. This guy's got like a cool, like a cool job himself. I think he's he's got something in the entertainment business, which is always cool, right? Yeah, you know, he's he's got he's got long hair. He you know he he knows that you know he knows the parties to go to and shit. Cool guy, uh, uh, you know, uh, land, landed a, a real a real prize, right? She dates this guy for like ten years. Okay, and by the way, like that, like I, I have fake, uh, uh, you know, a dun 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 there <laughs> to people now. But like, by, by the way, like we're already off the reservation. We're already <laughs> off the reservation because that shit. Yeah, didn't, yeah. There's reasons why. Like you didn't just like, oh, you know, we just go to the malt shop every every Saturday night for ten years. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But, okay. So you're dating for ten years. Um. Or, or I think it was longer than ten. Oh my god. Angela knows where this is going already. <laughs> <laughs> she gets she gets older uh and basically you know she's like she's uh she's a lot older and he just dumps her and he just started dating a 19 year old at no point did he commit a foul under the current rules like there was mm-hmm. nothing there were like yeah. he was all like hey you know uh I, you know I, I, I don't know how, I, I don't never live i always try the closest thing i can imagine is um i don't know if you've ever seen beavis and butthead but they have this hippie teacher yes yeah, yeah. You, you ever seen Office Space? Yes. Okay, so he's. Yeah. I always think of, he's like the left wing version of um. Who's who's the the boss in Office Space? Lumberg. Yeah, he's oh, yeah. yeah. He's like the left wing Lumberg, basically. You're like, hey, well, you know, I've been thinking. <laughs> I've been talking to Cheyenne lately, and you know, 
and like next thing next thing you know like this like this chick it was well longer right so this chick is like 45 she's by herself mm. um uh like and she can't and she can't say you fucking asshole like she is like she she, she doesn't mm-hmm. have the language to to even say to like even talk to her friends about why he, he what he did was wrong because she she can't express it because it, it like you said there wasn't a foul by this progressive morality mm-hmm. like, like hey he's just chasing he's just doing at, at what he desires you can't yuck his yum sorry you know, sorry that you <laughs> spent spent your your, your your the flower of your youth with this this guy now he's gonna toss you aside like garbage and like, enjoy having your cats. And there's just mm. there's no recourse here because there's no he, he, yeah. what can you say he did wrong without becoming like yeah. a, a, a social conservative you can't exactly yeah 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 no that's a really good example and and like everybody knows everybody knows why it's wrong you know and but there is no way to explain it there is no because the existing moral system to the extent that we can even understand that it exists at all says it's fine you know this woman was like just wounded soul assassination here and you know and and this is all being done with like all this like facts and logic Mm. and by the way the confusion was deep right the confusion is like like what what do i do i'm like like, there's no thoughts that come to mind like like because there is no thoughts like all that should happen her cousins kill him or you know Yeah. 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 This is just a crime. That's it. And, yeah. And there's no language for it. Just like the Harvey Weinstein. The Harvey. Weinstein, if you start asking for specifics of why Harvey Weinstein um, fucked up, um, you, things get very loose. Yeah. Because when you when you go to the tapes, yes. and stuff, like he was just like begging for sex and shit. He was, a, he was like the, the highest level simp that you can possibly attain. Is it wrong to beg for sex? I mean, if it is, like like all the '60s R&B records are out the door. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I guess that's why, you know, feminists are sort of trying to create some rules, but they don't really make much sense because they're all post hoc. they're, they're, yeah, compla- they're complaints yeah. gathered up after the fact and put into like a shopping list. Like, here, here's why I'm angry. Do something about this. In Angela's article, please read it. And on this podcast, a few moments ago, she described like, "Hey, here's why you need feminism. You can get you get people, you get Rosie the Riveter, and you get she'll, she'll go home and she'll buy stuff." Blah blah blah. Okay. Well, feminism. Uh, let me let me let me peel off an actual example first. Do you remember like a couple years ago when like the first when like race critical race stuff started kind of gaining steam? And like there was this there was this weird phrase that they would toss around. White tears. Uh, white women weaponize their tears against people of color. Like they're crying because, like, they and they act like you've hurt their feelings and that they're like, like you know. But really, they're they're attacking you. You've got you guys seen this, right? Right. Mm-hmm. What this is like this is like uh, like the the women's movement has hit forty and uh, he's he's buckling up his belt and like okay, it's been fun, but I'll see you guys later. I got uh, <laughs> as 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 Mister as our as the famous. Uh, um, sorry, a poet laureate Kanye West said, uh, "He's got a new bitch, and now you're Jennifer Aniston." Like it, it, yeah. that's it. it. It's 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 not it's not over, but it's it's going to be soon. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense actually. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like like the 
there's all like especially when you talk to zoomers and stuff they they're they just there's a lot of uh loathing between the sexes i feel like the only way out of this is just like authoritarian uh, uh it, this is kind of the fighting that people do when the teachers left the room yeah yeah and, yeah uh, all it would take uh you know just a dash of a, a military dictatorship and stuff and uh <laughs> <laughs> well, well, here's the question, though. It, it, the other, the other utopian projects ended in a very decisive and clear way because they announced their arrival in a decisive and clear way. So then the question is, what what way would this come to an end? Like, would there be, you know, what I mean? I really don't know what that would look like. I mean, what would? Well, um, I, I know, I know a couple of things. So first off, I know that if you try to sit down and map out like a way to win, it's impossible. Like, it's just, there, there's no way to possibly win, right? They're, like, they're, uh, especially when you think about, like, like you use people like write idea, like, I'm going to write an article or something that's going to change people's minds. If you think about how many zillion people are employed to, like, uh, uh, push ideas for progressives, like, how many assistant professors, mm-hmm. and, and just, like, it, like, the point is, like, if people, if you sit around and you chin stroke about, like, how this thing ends? Uh, I don't know how much that uh, there mm. is. That. This is why. This is why we've yeah. gone caveman. We're just like the, the patronage stuff. It's like, um, well, nothing lasts forever. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, well, th- th- this is this is my answer. This is we're just going to do stuff. There'll probably be some balkanization. There's going to be a, oh geez, who's who's in charge now? And um, uh, mm. and that uh, and i can't i can't I, I will refuse to see past like the the, the next the, the the three weeks after uh things balkanized a little bit yeah yeah um you know there was a great there was a passage in it too which i quoted which i really liked um and which really applies to today where he says rulers who wish to increase their power regardless of the rules while continuing to rank as virtuous find substantial common cause with innovative idealists who want society shaped by new rules that empower people. The rulers increase their political power while enacting the idealists' new rules to their own advantage, while the idealists celebrate them as enlightened and virtuous rulers. The idealists end up in a semblance of their envisioned life that has been tailored to suit the rulers' interests, Um, which he says requires an uh, yeah, like inequality of, of, of like power or whatever continues to exist. Um, but, uh, but as long as there is still consumer power and as long as like the line goes up or whatever, there's enough buy-in to the system for it to keep going. Guns and butter, right? Things really haven't changed that yeah. much. I wrote another piece in the Substack, which is like about the libs owning us. <laughs> But one of the reasons I wanted to write that was that um, I think that the idea that the the I think that the the ruling class basically understand this, and I think that they know that they just basically have to just pour money at the problem. They they just have to do this enormous like not in wartime public expenditure to keep that ticking because there's nothing else. Yeah, you know? and, and by the way, there's partial like like uh, collapse can also be very partial, right? So when you look at the end of the Roman Empire, like um, it wasn't like okay, everything, everyone's just sitting around strumming lutes in around you know marble streets, and then there's like uh, you know uh, uh, large Nordic men chopping your head off, right? So there's like hundreds mm. of years where it's like 
eh, well, we'll just let them have these provinces. Things just sort of break down. This is what we see, like, uh, uh, I, I, I think that you see is stuff like, okay, in, in the, if the system was super robust, like, would, would um, uh, DeSantis have gotten away with just saying, ah, oh, we're just not going to do lockdowns? Uh, the thing, the thing is, like, there's always yeah. like an expenditure, right? Like, like you, you can't just like uh, this is the thing. Like, can you can you make people do stuff? I don't know. Can you? Did you have the juice? Um, you know. Well, doesn't like uh, in your article, Fennel thinks that essentially you can't do that. But, like this new order can't really do that because it's not even really. Uh, well, he says straight up, it's not as even a civilization, right? Yeah, yeah, because he's saying if the economic thing fails, the the economic thing is the only is the only force keeping any of this going. It's the only it's the only force of legitimacy um that the ruling class have basically. And so if that fails, uh what is left that would be a continuation? Like what is left behind that? Um That's gone. That would yeah, uh that would now, I mean, if you think of the, the if you take the Russian example, like, you know, the 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 pre-existing society can reemerge, you know, after, you know, a couple of decades of um, disaster. But uh, but yeah, that's kind of the, the, it, so it's not so much that necessarily they need to do something spectacularly wrong and be discredited. It's kind of almost like they already are discredited in all except for economic growth. Um, and, uh, and so when the economic growth fails, the whole thing will fail. I think we already see that. So like, if you think about America, like what is like, what do other people around the world need Americans for now? Like really just to buy stuff. <laughs> yeah. To consume. Yeah. Uh, like all we have. So everything just sort of seems to be left on this, uh, like, I, you know, I, by the way, like talking about economics is radio cancer, so I don't do it. <laughs> but uh, just like, well, you know, because of oil and doobie doo doo, like, uh, well, just uh, American dollars are just uh, worth a ton, and they can just print and they just keep printing it, and so uh, we just everyone just mails their finished goods over to America. People buy it, everyone's happy, but like, no one needs anything out of America anymore. Um, so yeah. that, that's, that's on its way out. I, basically, I, all this shit, it's, it, everything's the same thing. The, the collapse thing, it's scale. Uh, all these, like, uh, uh, you know, this, this uh, loss of meaning, the, the uh, uh, conspiracies. Um, uh, uh, it, uh, mm. con, what, what is conspiracy? Conspiracy is a tax you pay because of scale. You scale, it, <laughs> scale is the enemy. Well, yeah. What would if if we had depression conditions in the, in the United States again? Like the only thing that people could have possibly appealed to would have to be things that predated this. Like you say, oh well, I believe in America, mm-hmm. or I believe in you know California or whatever. Things that far predate this. No one's just like you know. When we redo the like the the LGBT flag, that's what I'm going to rally behind. You can't because you can't build a society based off of cummies. It doesn't work. That requires a mm-hmm. per, you know to you for you to have. To be without want, and it, you, you're have, you're indulging yourself in stuff that you just simply cannot do if you're if you've missed three meals. Mm. Why are my Webster's on hand? What's that mean? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, uh, uh, last thing I want to say, and I'm not going to talk anymore. Already, I can see the fucking comments. Every comment, they're like, "Why don't you let Angel talk? Why don't you let Angel talk?" It's like, well. <laughs> 
Sorry. Um, okay, so um, I always think of the, the, the thing of scale. Okay, so um, uh, music is super universal, right? No matter who you are, you're related to someone that plays music. You, uh, uh, music is just everywhere. Uh, there's local bands. There was guys mm-hmm. in your high school that, that, that were good at, at music, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so uh, you have this national, um, uh, national scale TV and radio and stuff, right? Uh, and you have all this this different music, and I'll just use country music for example. But this happened in all these other fields too. By the way, a lot of the same guys. Okay, so to record an album, you have to go to Nashville, and you there, you ever seen those? There's tables with like a zillion sliders and stuff. Mm, yes. And like like you're like what mm-hmm. the like what who, like how how do you like remember you're you're a okay let's say you're a band you're just from some place from uh, you're some guys from like some random town in Texas. You know how to play good music. You have you have uh, uh, some good songs and stuff. But like you're like okay, we're gonna go to Nashville and we're gonna just record stuff. So you need to know how to use all that shit, right? So you need to know all this stuff. And by the way, okay, all all your songs three minutes and thirty seconds. So that that's you know that fits in between the commercials. Um, you know, uh, by the way, all this this is like like uh, because of this this large scale, everything has to be formatted this very certain way, right? Uh, for for you to spread your music. Okay, so what happens is these guys start getting Nashville and they're like like what the like oh, sorry, I just know how to I just know how to, to play the music. I, what what I don't understand any of this. So over time, what happened is there were a couple of guys that were like they just like they understood they understood all like the the uh all the this, bureaucracy. Right. And basically over time what happened was like uh they just sort of became all of it. They just every album because uh, there's a guy. Uh, well, the best example is there's a guy named Brent Mason, right? Brent Mason has 350 platinum records on his wall because he played guitar in basically every country music record you've ever heard. Uh, you're like, wow, he must be really good. It's like, no, no, they've created this evil machine to where like it has to work in this in this systematized way over this large scale to where like um, there's not enough time, like. Uh, if you listen to an, a, an album, this guy played the guitar on it because it's like a nickel cheaper to have one person do it for every single <laughs> thing. And this is what we have mm-hmm. on everything. Everything is running on a shoestring. Uh, th- this is all this this government conspiracy and shit. Yes, everything is a conspiracy because it's like a nickel cheaper to have like, ah, oh, well, those guys just know how to do it. Anyways, thank mm. you. I'm done talking now. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it does... Uh, the the, the um the way in which conspiracies are now everywhere and um, as in people believe that there is a conspiracy and even like things like, um, you know, the way in which like people are exiting institutions. I think that's kind of an interesting thing. Like the institutions are now so stained with being like associated with authority in any way that, that people are, exiting them like even with the substack thing as a, just an example um uh who are those couple of bitches that, uh, uh, trying to stir up shit with that yeah they, yeah they of course one of them but but they're they're right though you, you know what the, the, they're right to um to be worried about it because it is an example of a couple of things i mean like say the 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 the, the first couple of big ones that really made it take off were probably like greenwald and taibi so both of them exit willingly existing institutions that used to people used to like people used to would like kill to have written for these things right like certainly like rolling stone and things like that 
they, they willingly ditch the institutions and take up uh, on their own. One of the reasons people are willing to pay like Matt Taibbi more than like a hundred people at, at any of these, these things is that the fact that he doesn't have that, um, that kind of secular clerisy or whatever, like, uh, you know, imposing a message means that they will trust him, you know, but also the institutions have such a bad, um, you know, are so discredited that, that exiting them willingly is something that is seen as like conferring value on what you're doing. So, I mean, like, that's just a small thing. Uh, And then of course, Greenwald and Taivi like use their platforms to, to keep, um, attacking the institutions as well. Um, but so the fact that that's happening, I mean, one thing I, that he kind of alludes to in the essay too, is like the idea that, okay, you can try to keep making the line go up. You can get all the technocratic experts to, you know, you can keep expanding the military. You can do these various things, but ultimately you can't, legitimacy is one of the only things that you really can't manufacture in that way. You can't force people to, feel that you're legitimate. You can force them to pretend that they do, and you have to apply a lot of force to do that, but you can't actually make them feel and that, that you're legitimate. And in the same way, the rules cannot be, you cannot make people feel that the rules make sense because people know in their hearts that they don't make sense. Yeah, well, we, uh, by the way, that's super bug man to have all the institutions go away and everything just becomes uh, one man shows. Even though, like, I like I, I, I like Green, Greenwald and everything he's done. Like that, that uh, he's uh, you know subject to the whims of the uh, rhetorical materialism, blah blah blah. Um, uh, like that yeah. sucks that all the institutions blow up, right? So like, he, there should be like this thriving yeah. place where he's like got uh, got young and unbecoming people under his wing. They're looking out to him. This is all just the destruction mm. of authority by by this the same thing, the scale thing, right? Instead of a like uh, mm. uh, instead of like uh, a real authority. Uh, you just get a list of rules uh, that's been ruled on by the Supreme Court. Um, uh, maybe at best you get you get someone that that uh, took an MBA course and they they have the same fucking list of rules. Uh, it, there's no um, there's no uh, that's the big that's the big boss. Sorry, take a so Angela. Have you seen? So uh, there's another guy. There's a guy on Substack, Richard Hanania. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that name. You oh saw, yeah, you've yeah, seen yeah. his latest where he talks about you know the civil like the civil rights revolution and uh, how how yeah. you now every every company and uh, every institution now has like a compliance officer who, who's like who who it's, mm-hmm. it's just like their job the only thing they do for their company or their institution is okay let me t- make sense like the 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 dictates that the Supreme Court handed down last week and make sure that they, we're we're filtering that down to the janitor. Mm. Like that that's that's kind of a symptom of 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 this <laughs> really fucked up uh, way of living, right? Mm. Yeah, no, it's a really it's a really good piece and I, I like the fact that he proposes something specific, you know, um and concrete that that you could do <laughs> About it. Uh. <laughs> so yeah, all you gotta do is like uh, you punch God in the face. That's all you gotta do. But you're, you're right. Which like uh, it's funny you say like oh I'm glad I did that because earlier to, like today or last night I told Bobby it was like I read that and it was the most depressing thing that I've seen in a long time. It's like oh we're never gonna get out of this, are we? Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. That's I know impossible. Because I, I thought, yeah, no, I, I know. But in, in some way, maybe the impossible, yep. 
having something concrete and then and then seeing it be impossible is also yeah, kind of yeah, important. Yeah, not impossible. It's it's really not. I'm I'm, I'm being facetious here, but like, well, that this is how it starts. Like you just say, well, you know what? This is yeah. what we have to do. And then the first step is everyone's like that. You're insane. And the next step is yeah. uh, well, we don't need to get into that, but. Yeah, no, I, I I don't think that it will that anything like that will succeed. To be honest, I don't think that this stuff will be just, you know, slowly regulated to correct itself in that way. You know, because it's like a runaway train kind of event. Um, I think it's I think the economic collapse is the is the thing that will change it change okay, everything. Can we ultimately. start throwing some blame around here? <laughs> <laughs> okay, why, why, why is all this shit happening? I got excited. He mentioned, um, what is that that one policy they have that's so fucking crazy? Um, disparate, disparate outcome? Disparate impact. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, like, I had talked about that with tons of people in private. I'm like, I, I put up a Substack article, and I talked about the show, and I was like, this is crazy. I was like, how did this ever pass, right? And a, a, couple, of pe- like, a, a couple of people that were lawyers messaged me, and they said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They said this would never be defended in court. They sort of cultivate the cases that come forward for the court. Like they'll settle with you if they think disparate impact gets challenged because it's so insane, right? It's like if you were creating any sort of public-facing policy and you had to take disparate impact into account, you would just have to like, let's say like, okay, we're going to arrest 20 black guys, 10 Asians. Like, like you know what I'm saying? Like that's right. the only way you could do it. Anyways. Long story short, okay, so one of the ways yeah. they do these policies, right? So if you know people that have worked in, in these kind of departments, what they'll do is they'll say, um, and this, I don't know, this is all this English law and stuff. So what they'll say is like, okay, I work at X government institution in uh, like small institutions. So like I'm at like a library in Queens or something. And, you know, like I get my uh, – a big chest of money comes from the taxpayers every month and stuff. And like we get our dictates from Albany. Uh, the, the politicians told us to do – no one told us to do this, but – I've just decided that, um, you know, this other government office across the way, they have this ex-specific social justice policy. I'm going to implement that here, and we're going to use the, the precedent of that, blah, blah, blah. Okay, why is that happening? Who's, who's at fault here? Okay, there's a fucking – this is an upper-middle-class supremacist movement. We have fucking been locked down for two years because these people don't want to drive back to work. <laughs> I, I told me and Merrick had this thing. I told Merrick the other week. I said these people aren't just aren't going to go back to work. If you even if you say that the things are, they're just not. Yeah. Merrick's like, what the fuck are you talking about? They they got bills to pay. They're going to go back to work. Uh, I was right, wasn't I? Yeah, I mean they they they're 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 calculating that you're right. Like their gamble is that you're correct. That they're just not going to do it in that the corporate world and the, they the the corporations might cave. Yeah, you. you I, they're going to have to be. There's going to have to be like a, like a, you guys get ex, like. There's going to be a huge amount of you guys getting X my days. Our whole world, like all this like cheap labor, all it is, all these services for these people. This group of people, they they were empowered by this big scale, right? They can use Excel. They they do things on larger scale mm. than us. Um, and they, we are all their slaves now. How, mu- how much of what they do is useful? Or how much of it is just like just fucking red tape for shit that they, that they created? Like, 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 H, like the HR stuff, those people are just ticks. Like they're like they they they're I mean I'm not blaming them. It's not their fault. But like that stuff that that's not productive at all. That's like you're you're wasting you're wasting time and money on, on this. But like of course, elite overproduction theory explains why you do it. But like the core it, of them, the core of these government offices, like the strong the power base, it's always attorneys. Right, so the elite. Yeah, so, so fucking what? If, if this breaks down tomorrow, do I care? 
Right. What I'm saying is they'll kick your ass in court, right? So yeah. the main judge of legal le- production. <laughs> no, what if I don't go to court? The main judge of legal production is how many law degrees, yes? <laughs> I don't care about that. I'm asking like, when the shit hits the fan, what, what uh, Mr. Fennel and Ms. Nagel was talking about, what are they going to do? I don't need them. Yeah, I don't. Do, 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 I, do, I don't need them for water. I don't. I don't get my water from them. I don't. They don't. Yeah. I don't get my sewage from them. I, I'm food maybe partially, but I bet you I could probably do that too. I don't need them. Don't pay your taxes, bro. You'll meet yeah. them. Yeah, exactly. But that's the whole point. Like, it, you, they require people like us to to do that. And the second that that stops, those people say, "Why am I doing this? What's the fucking point? Why am I going? Why am I going in and picking up a gun and going and arresting my neighbors? What? Why, why am I doing this?" The moment that happens, it's over. Yeah. There's nobody to appeal to. There's no history. There's nothing. It's just it's just this fucking disgusting bureaucracy. And once once the the game is up, okay, let me. So what what has been happening? What we're talking about? What's been happening? Why are people becoming? Why are these questions coming up now? Why is like wokeness something identified? Why are people questioning this? Why did they get so scared on January six? Like I know people, some people think, oh, it was just a psyop, but I don't think so. I think they were genuinely afraid. And I'll tell you mm. why, because they like they understand what they would do in our position. They understand, as Angela said, that this is more precarious than people want to admit. And uh, do you, like, so I'm a I'm a uh, old person anyway. Agron Post story, um, Mask of the Red Death, right? You guys, you guys remember that, right? Please don't say no again. Agron <laughs> Post, Mask of the Red Death. Oh, I I think so, but I, I have a high school education to bear with me. So, like, so, so in the story, <laughs> there's like all these there are these fancy nobles, and they're having a masquerade ball. And outside, they've closed their doors, locked the doors. Outside, there's like a, the, the Red Death. It's a it's a plague. It's the Black Death, you know. So they're yeah, having yeah. this f- fancy ball, and like they're all carefree and happy. And then someone inside starts showing symptoms, and they're like, oh, well, that per- oh, he just had too much wine, you know, oh, this is nothing. Another person starts showing mm-hmm. they're like, oh, well, he just, you know, he ate too much food, blah, blah. Eventually, start- it's growing, and everyone in there starts to get this, like, existential fear that, oh, oh my God, the game is up. Our, you know, our number's being called. But at no point does anyone just, like, admit what's happening. They just keep playing it out until the very end, until, like, the last person drops dead while pirouetting or doing the waltz or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like that's what, mm. that's what's happening. And like and when Angela said, like I, you know, you don't think they're going to be a reckoning. They're just going to try to just keep going until like they can't. They can no longer afford to pay the guards. They can no longer afford to pay the military, the police. Mm. And then when that happens, like who are they going to turn to? Yeah, yeah. And if you think of like the way he talks about the creation of the secular teaching class, the moral teaching class to replace the old <laughs> clerics. Um, that you know in the 70s like by the time he says this is more or less complete like that was still a very a very small group of people and that their numbers now have grown to such an outrageous degree i mean i was looking at figures today i don't have them to hand but the 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 growth of the ngo sector right over time i mean this this entire group of people now who are completely economically unproductive um have enormous power, but their power is basically seen as illegitimate. I mean, it's very close to completely illegitimate. You know, um, if you work for something called the Whatever Institute, people immediately think, "Who? Who is? What's this person up to?" You know what I mean? Like it, it's 
all of these things that used to have, I'm sure like in Sontag's day, you know, there weren't that many intellectuals around and, you know, they all knew each other and, you know, the, the, it was a kind of rarefied thing. But now there's, there's so many of them that you're not really going, like they are actually a very significant sort of class faction. Um, so they're going to cling to that to, to the bitter end, but they also just don't like, there's no legitimacy within that. There's no, nobody can, can explain like why they deserve to be there. Or as you say, like what they actually do or what, if they disappeared tomorrow, like what would, what negative impact would there be on society? No, you probably couldn't think of a single one. You can think of a few positive ones. Um, but the rest is not there, you know, and, and that like teaching authority was built upon institutions that, um, developed their legitimacy over time in, which is also gone, you know, like, because even like, say with that, with that pattern that is happening, that I was describing with, with the Substack thing, I mean, that's happening on many levels. If you could find a way to produce the same, exit strategy for for academia for all kinds of ones you would find that anyone with any kind of um critical thinking abilities would immediately exit and like what would be left i mean i have to believe there is some point at which these things are so illegitimate that it's not that they'll collapse in their own but it's that as fennel said once the the only remaining legitimizing factor which is the ability to consume the the economic growth once that goes away there is nothing left and let's, be, let's be specific they're they're running away from these people i, yeah. I saw this motherfucker the uh, it, <laughs> something of a peer and by the way a male which made it worse uh they were they were looking at one of another peers uh, uh tweets or whatever and um you know the, the guy said something or whatever you know he's uh, uh was, I don't know if it was edgy or not. It doesn't, didn't matter. The guy replied in this way. He said, hmm. He said, this is uh, he said something like, uh, this is, I'm seeing a disturbing uh, you know, uh, 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 progress on his thought. Something like this. I'm like, like you motherfucker. Like, 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 where did you learn this? Because, like, by, like, by the way, like, the idea that there's some kind of, like, uh, enforcement of sort of, like, uh, more rules and stuff is not alien to us, right? They're, like, this is like a... Hey, dude, you're at. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll bleep that, yeah. <laughs> uh, there was a couple times sports players' unions stepped in when a player like would be traded, and they were just like, "Ah, oh, that's just not a good look. That he shouldn't play for New York. Uh, uh, that's just a bad. The, 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 you, you can't abandon that team. You know, that's your hometown. Like, you know, this kind of thing. Like, uh." uh this sort of peer review sort of thing. Like, it's not, not unknown. Mm-hmm. To By the way, that shit where it's like, uh, oh, I dated this chick for 15 years, uh, that would be solved with a peer review, right? <laughs> <laughs> right? If, you're, if you're in Yemen, like, you start meeting your, uh, her cousins if you, some shit like that goes on. Do you remember, you remember yeah. that guy who, the, who rode the motorcycles around China and he would talk about China? Like, he was, he was a British expat in China. You remember that guy, right? Yeah. 
Do you remember what he said about that? He's like, if you date, if you, he was talking like, let me explain to Westerners if you come to China. And I don't know if this is true or not. This is just what this guy said. He said, like, if you date a Chinese woman for, for too long and you don't propose to her, her family's going to come to you and like demand money for wasting her time. Yeah. Uh, like, if you, tra- traditional Chinese people. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I just said <laughs> That is a method of peer review. Yeah, but even um, uh, the way that they think about something like, um, like what is the legitimizing basis for other types of elites, right? If you think of something like something like academia, like we understood in the past that if you have a place that um, th- there's a lot of different things that it did, but one of the things it did, even like in the Enlightenment sense, that it nurtured thinkers that could innovate and that could um that were useful to the the collective in some sense because of that like again those people are gone now like those people are exiting those institutions now um and that that process is happening at every level um i also did a, a piece in substack about this thing that's going on in the world of museums where they're basically getting rid of uh, old white male like artworks you know um and they're selling s- selling them off these are things that were bequeathed to the public um and they were supposed to be held in the public trust by the museums so again like um you know if you do like a show of some one of the great like old masters those those exhibitions are blockbusters like people <laughs> love to see them the people are not like uh, people are not just like anti-elite in general, right? But they 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 must see some evidence that the that an elite like produce something of value, um, and, and and you know, and so that's why, yeah. They, now they just I don't can't think do I that. Read that because the, the the you was it? I think you uh, uh, recommended some kind of there was a, a documentary, a BBC documentary or whatever, and like ten minutes into it, that motherfucker Damien Hirst was on there. <laughs> Oh yeah, it was probably Robert Hughes, was it? The it was about the art oh, market and God. stuff. Like, and that guy started explaining like yeah. I I I reverted to a crow magnon man. Like I just <laughs> want to throw my fucking TV through the wall. I was like, this motherfucker needs to <laughs> like like Yeah, like, yeah. Wow. What the <laughs> fuck? We're going to bleep that too. You need to kicked off of Cat of Patreon. Uh, and, people, and people just say like Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Push really hard, be like, "Oh, well, it's it's a money laundering thing." Well, okay, we'll launder the money on, on on Starry Night or something. Okay, like 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 mm. what the fuck, man? This- well, I know someone who works in a library. He said that like that there's like a, a trick that every librarian knows, and I had no idea. And that is, if you don't like, like if there's like a book that you don't like, if you don't like a book by an old white men, you just like say, "Okay, this book is damaged, and uh, we're gonna get, we're gonna throw it out." And then you just don't replace it, and you and you, and you can make room for like YA novels, or I would say or whatever. But that's all they they read is YA novels. Yeah, you, just, <laughs> you toss that shit out, and we'll replace it with with crap, and like that's what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's being phased out for sure. But also, like they can't have like the visible memory of the fact that the society that we leveled to create this was yes. actually better. Exactly. Exactly. You nailed you the nail on the head. Like you can't you can't say that this is progress when someone can look behind like, oh wow, then why did everything look much nicer back then? Yeah, yeah. 
okay, so the Truman Show thing, that was filmed in uh, uh, 30A, Florida. And by the way, I love that place. It's a one, like, even, even though it's like they all created like 30, uh, uh, you know, 30 minutes ago, and it's all this, this fake, uh, uh, I guess you'd say like quiche or whatever. Uh, I know it especially must be mm. disgusting. Like, okay, you got you to gotta give us some – okay, so the thing is like in England, it's like, oh, you know, that building over there is like from the 1200s. <laughs> Right over here, mm. it's like uh, it's like um, you know that poster was from a concert in 1976. <laughs> <laughs> and that is like the like like yeah like so we don't we don't ha- we don't have like Hobbit towns around here that, that look nice. <laughs> yeah, okay, so yeah. By the way, even though it's, it's it's fake and stuff, the beaches there are absolutely beautiful. Uh, uh, I, I, I like 38, so maybe we're all doomed. Okay, <laughs> but I mean, it, you, using his timeline though, like this is is very recent, you know. So, you know, even in the history of America, we'll say. So, like, there is a history there that you know can, that can um, th- that is just so like another planet now to to Americans who live in thirty eight is kind system. of a model of like, of like let me let me tell you Andrew, you gotta say he's from Florida and like that was swamp until like nineteen forty seven or something it was just nothing mm. there it, it, yeah, it's not the same you're it's, not even supposed to be from Florida it's supposed to be a place yeah. you go. Right. <laughs> yeah, they drain oh, they drain that place like within living memory. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen the Truman Show, but I've spent a lot of time there. What? Yeah, I know. You need to watch it, man. I, like, like it's it, it, it. I watched it in the theater. It was great. It was it was great then, but like now it, it's 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 uh, next level. I watched it again recently, and I it's can't a, sit still. Yeah, I'm gonna rewatch it actually because I haven't seen it in a long time. I'm sure I'll get much more out of it now. That is one of my favorite places in the world. I post a picture there. There's this if you drive over the bridge over there in Destin. There's this beautiful sandbar that goes on. There's like there's like these uh, there's like bars that are like in the ocean. Like you just sort of swim up to it and like ah oh, I'd like a um a beer or whatever. Uh, uh, that place is beautiful. The whole town is beautiful. There's this little like beautiful little church that people get married at and shit. Everything is beautiful. How did they do that? Uh, someone started out from the beginning and they said, we're going to start building here. And these are the rules. No advertisements. There's no sign for anything. No corporations. There's no Walmart. There's no Burger King. There's none of that shit. It's all Kulak stuff. So if you, if you want to go get a burger, it's from uh, you know, like Kevin. Tommy's Burgers or whatever. And, mm-hmm. uh, and by, like, however, like, you, you know, it, this is all just materialized at once. So this isn't like a, a, a natural thing that happened. However, like it's fucking, it, uh, it's a good time. I like, I love that place. Can I make a bombastic statement that's related to the Truman Show so we can get people angry comments on Patreon? <laughs> sure. Tr- the Truman Show it does the same thing that the Matrix was trying to do, but does it far better. Uh, the Truman Show is a better movie than the Matrix. The Matrix is is uh, a Gnostic nightmare, and the Truman Show is like the actual someone taking the red pill. Yeah. The real red yeah. pill is at angelanagle.substack.com. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the next thing I'm doing is on uh is sort of a follow-up in a way because it's sort of about the the secular clerisy that he talks about um and the increasing like um delegitimizing of them, but also about the this kind of idea that Populism was the beginning of an anti-clerical movement. Oof. You know? <laughs> That's awesome. 
Yeah, because if you look at like how how I started thinking about that was a, a while ago. I was looking at the, I think I, I think I might have talked to you guys about it before, but the the basically how kind of Bismarck created the modern secular welfare state to <laughs> mm-hmm. to to challenge the power of the Catholic Church, to challenge the power of the clerics, because one of their for many reasons, but like their legitimizing role was in relief of the poor. One of them was, and so by creating this, you know, the, this kind of national system, um, it, it helped to limit their power. And then they also did things like in that period, like taking away their tax exemptions <laughs> and you know, they were hated because they had, they were, they were too forceful in their, uh, um, application of moral rules, which they themselves did not follow. And I was reading this just thinking, this is an exact description of now. This is exactly what it is now. So if Fennell is right that this is the replacement cleric um, class, then this is like an anti-clerical movement. And that's it's why... Culture camp, baby. Yeah, yeah exactly, Russian exactly. Summer. Hell yes. <laughs> <laughs> all, you know, I've complained about this all the time. That all, every motherfucker on the world now that's like got like a... a, a some kind of English degree has a Hegel like book bag and all this stuff. Oh, I love that Hegel. Well, okay, let's get going on some culture comp. Like, yeah. The, apparently, they don't teach them anything about like the one like the only thing that he made a lot of sense on. Like, you could like, oh, okay, I see this sentence makes sense. This sense it was Prussia's awesome. So um, Jews mm-hmm. and Catholics, they're not going to be voting. We're going to uh, get an awesome military dictatorship going. That is the way to <laughs> true uh, uh, Marxism. <laughs> <laughs> okay um thanks uh, man the reviews are gonna be terrible they're gonna say why didn't you let her talk um <laughs> sorry not that this ain't that podcast but go to her Substack and you can apologize there but sorry you had to deal with that you got abused by these fellows <laughs> <laughs> give us give her your money um do you want to add anything angela before we go um, no, I mean, just like, if I, uh, I, I'm kind of on this train of thought now. So I'm probably going to just be obsessively thinking about this for the next couple of months. So everything I write is probably going to be some thing that has followed from this in some way, because it kind of blew my mind, actually, this, this essay. Um, uh, and I found it the most obscure source, like it's, it's in a pamphlet that a sort of, um, like an, an essay collection, I guess, that's like out of print, and I had to order it straight from this tiny little independent publisher. Um, and because Svenel typically writes about Ireland, I, it's not something I expected, you know, um, such a sweep of history kind of and, and, and stuff. But, um, but yeah, it, it kind of blew my mind. And, and particularly, I think, thinking about it as a post-revolutionary regime is really useful. And, um, and thinking about that, massively expanded, economically parasitic, uh, increasingly delegitimized clerisy. Like that is, as I say, that, that reminded me of like, this is kind of what Trumpism was like. And also, even though he's out of office, it kind of keeps continuing because ever, because like all of these little ways in which, like, as I said, people are exiting institutions, people, everyone thinks that everything's a conspiracy, you know, all that, legitimacy is just it, it just like um it's like the revolution keeps going kind of like even without him you know because now they because he started the delegitimizing process and that is just continuing and 
um, and then you put on top of that the fact that it's economically worthless, uh, you know, that where is that going to go? So that's kind of like what I'm thinking about at the moment. So that's probably everything I write is probably going to be some like the next step in whatever I've been thinking along those lines. I don't think you can understand America if you're American because we're, you know, radiation poisoned by uh, Chernobyl. Because you're an eyewitness there, you know, and you have three heads. It doesn't make you a better, like... <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's true. It's true, and, and sometimes as well, because it's a, a really, really heavily propagandized utopian system that you're right in the middle of. Like, in a way, you're the last person who will see it, clearly. I, I, I knew that when I read the piece because... Uh, the because the the part about the nuclear stuff, I totally disagreed. I'm like, oh no, that was the most justified event in the world. <laughs> but, but I was, you know, I was also like, oh well, you know, I guess maybe that yeah, by the, by the, the the facts of the other was like, oh well, I guess that's just you know the the uh, uh, the MK Ultra talking or whatever. <laughs> but also, like, it comes for you. Mm. Like, you can't get away from it. And like no. I'm, we're in the same way because uh, we're reading some of the people like, well, I, you know, I want to just get away from this American mystery. I'm like, I'm like, bitch, I li- you know, I live in Texas and I'm trying to get away from it. Yeah. Like, 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 it's like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what to tell you. Like, it, yeah. Anyways, all right, go subscriber <laughs> thing. Uh, I'm sorry about this, Angela. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks. It's actually been great, and uh, thanks for uh, letting me come on and uh, promote the thing. Awesome. Someday. The mountain might get a mother